Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Bald Face Truth. I want to thank my friends at KSL Radio in Salt Lake City. They're letting me borrow their studio today. I was at Rice Eccles Stadium last night, Utah. Beat Florida, sorry, Stephen, 24-11. Andy Ludwig, first play of the game, play-action pass. Florida didn't see it coming. Big, big play. We'll talk about it coming up. Uh, I'm off to the Bay Area tomorrow. I will see Oregon State and San Jose State on Sunday. Jim Moore, longtime reporter and sports columnist at the Seattle P.I., a guy who has been on the radio in Seattle for as long as you can remember if you are somebody in college. He is now at KJR. He joins Jason Puckett. I join them once a week. He's coming on this show. He's got the Comcast guy at his house right now. Jim, there's so much going on. <laughs> you know what it is? Is that I've got three TVs along one wall down in the basement. And uh, we've been selling our house, and so the stager came in, and I think she screwed up some of the wiring, and I can't get two of the channels to work. And it's a college football Saturday tomorrow, and I like having all three screens uh, on some football games. So anyway, yeah, that's what's going on right now at our place. I love that. You're, so you're basically doing this. Is it true? Like this is basically so that you can uh, you can watch your football. Pretty much, yeah. I just uh, when we moved here five years ago, my wife had this idea. I've got uh, well, at the time they were sixteen-year-old twins; they're nineteen now. But yeah, just then, you know, they're playing video games down there. But mostly, it's so that I can have three different games on at once because I like to gamble on this stuff, Jim. I like it. Jim Moore joining us. Jim, give just take the temperature here. Like it wasn't a big surprise. Stanford Cal leave for the ACC, but it gives some finality and some direction to to the fan base at Washington State and Oregon State. What was the mood in your neck? Well, disappointment, uh, anger. Uh, it's it's kind of like, oh, gee, we're unwanted. Um, yeah, just all those things, just kind of a mixture of emotions. It was kind of funny. I, I, I was a little surprised when we started our show today. I got a little emotional about it. I, I just have been a Pac-12 fan ever since it was the Pac-8. And I grew up being a Husky fan, and then I went to Washington State in, in 74 when it was the Pac-8. So I've been a, a big Cougar fan ever since. And it's just, I mean, I just live and die with the Pac-8, Pac-10, Pac-12. And, you know, now that it's a Pac-2, and we don't really know the future for our school, what Oregon State's going to do, uh, there's so much uncertainty. And, yeah, I guess the biggest word that I can think of was just disappointment in where we are with college football these days. Yeah, the same way. It hit me last night at the stadium. I was kind of walking around before the game, and I was looking around going, you know, this is the last, one of the last times that that uh, I will probably be in Rice-Eccles Stadium. I'll probably go back later in the year when Oregon plays there, but a lot of good memories, a lot of great games there, and I thought, this is going to be a Big 12 stadium next season. Like, you know, this is the last year for it. There's kind of that finality that's going to, I think, going to cast a little bit of a shadow over the season. Well, I think so. In fact, um, I know the guy I work with, he, he wants to go down to the Rose Bowl because uh, Washington State plays at UCLA uh, this season, and it's going to be our last game there. And so, I mean, a lot of memories there. We had, you know, we made it to two Rose Bowls back in 97 and 03, I think it was. And, and so, yeah, I mean, you've got all this stuff. And I had to laugh at myself last night too, John, because I'm, I'm one of those guys that, 
I don't really care about the SEC or the Big Ten or the Big 12. I'm just, like I said, I'm a Pac-12 guy, and I was, I was watching the Southern Utah and ASU on the Pac-12 network, and I know the Pac-12 network has taken a lot of crap from people over the years, but I love it, man. I mean, I just, I, and I was disappointed with the sandstorm and the delay of the game and everything. They couldn't help <laughs> that, but, but I'll watch Southern Utah and ASU. I know ASU is not going to be good this year, but I just, I, I just love the Pac-12, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to miss having those uh, Pac-12 games after dark. It looks to me like they're probably going to end up in something called the pack whatever, but it'll look a lot like the Mountain West. And they're going to try to harvest all those resources that are still buried in the Pac-12. I think that's why they're going to take some time with it. But, um, you know, how is that going to fly at Washington State? Even if they're funded well and they're funded at a disadvantage to the other Mountain West schools, Will will that move the needle for the Cougar fan if they if they're playing San Diego State and they're playing UNLV or Colorado State instead of USC and UCLA? Well, initial reaction, I would say no. Um, that's part of the disappointment is that we're we're not going to be in a Power Five anymore. And you know, I've, I've been thinking about this. So I I just you know that whole AAC possibility. I'm glad the commissioner shut the door on that today. I didn't like the idea of doing that. I like the geographical bond that we all had in the Pac-12. And with the Mountain West, at least it's still in the West. And I think in time we'll, we'll get fired up for some of these games, but it's going to take a while. I mean, this isn't like USC coming in with Sam Darnold on a Friday night and we ended up winning that game. It was just a, a huge marquee primetime game. Uh, we're, we're not going to have as many of those, but – Boy, in my dream scenario, John, I just sit there and I think, okay, Cooks Beeves, go to the Mountain West, and then when they open it up to 12 teams in the college football playoff, if the Cougs were somehow to win the Mountain West and then be involved in the 12-team playoff, and then if you had the little added icing on it, the cherry on top, if, if Washington and Oregon and all these schools that took off weren't a part of that, that'd be awesome. I, I'm, I'm, I'm bitter. I, I am. I'm bitter. I'm, I'm going to root against all these teams that defected, and I don't care. I'm 66 years old. I haven't grown up yet, but it just <laughs> irritates the hell. It irritates the hell out of me, man. I'm going to be rooting against all these teams that, that left. I mean, it is bailed. It's just money, money, money. Think of yourselves. It's just it irritates me. And, and then they're like, hey, well, Jim, you know, if Washington State, you know, you would have gone to the Big 12 if you got the offer or the Big 10. You know, they probably would have, but. I don't know, John. The whole thing just bugs the hell out of me. The the whole the money grab that everybody and like, oh, we don't want to be left. Oh, geez, you know. Well, gee, count Stanford. I mean, they're going to the ACC. That's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I saw Wilner was writing about it. The closest stadium is in Louisville, twenty three hundred miles away. So anyway, I know it's the way of the world, and I know I'm old, and I need to get up with you know get on board with it. But I I don't want to get on board with it. You don't have to. Jim Moore with us, KJR in Seattle, uh, formerly of the Seattle PI, longtime sports columnist. Uh, can I ask you a question? I, we got a mutual friend who tells me that you have an amazing story about Gary Payton's pants. About Gary Payton's? The Gary Payton pants story. Well, the story I have about Gary Payton was where I almost got in a fight with him. Do you want to hear that one? Yeah, that's the, that okay, maybe that's quick. the story. Maybe that's the story. Okay. Yeah, I, well, I think that's what it is, you know. Well, you know how you, you, you deal with athletes over time, and, and you know, as a reporter, you got to go in there, and I covered the Sonics back in the 90s. And so, you know, Gary was always 
okay to deal with. You know, he'd put up with me and put up with us, you know, the other reporters. And I think it was the 94 playoffs, and um, he the, the Sonics lost. It looked like they were going to lose in the first round again. But somebody had told me that the night before he had gone – or the night after, I can't remember what it was, but he had to go to the hospital, and he got – he had to be treated there at the hospital, and he had to get IV fluids. And the story was going to be, you know, geez, the Sonics lost, but the glove, your point guard, was out there. He gave it his all to a point where he had to go to the hospital to take – and it was going to be a positive story. And so I went up to the locker the next – they were in Sacramento, I, I think, getting ready for game three, and I wanted to write about that. And I, I had a good source. And so I asked him about it, and he said – that ain't got nothing to do with basketball. And I said, well, well, yeah, it does. You know, you were, you were out there, you gave it your all, you had to go to the hospital. It's a great story, Gary. I'd like to write it. And he goes, that ain't got nothing to do with basketball. And so, John, I made one more shot at it. I said, well, Gary, I think this would be a really good story. You know, what, what do you think? Could I get a few comments from you about it? That ain't got nothing to do with basketball. And so after, you know, three or four or five years dealing with Gary Payton and walking away and saying, okay, Gary, thanks for your time, I just had enough. I just had enough, man. And I just looked at him and I said, you know what, Gary? I'm just so sick of your bleep. And, and he just, he got up. He's sitting at his locker and he got up and he got in my face. And at the time, I think I was in my uh, mid to late 30s. And, you know, I mean, he's, I'm not going to fight Gary Payton. He'd probably beat the hell out of me. But he got in my face and I just, I, he goes, so what are you going to do about it? And, and he was like a couple inches away from my face. And I thought, well, geez, Jim, I, what? think quick what are you going to say i couldn't think of any, i couldn't think of anything to say but i didn't want to put my tail between my legs and say oh i guess i'm not going to say anything gary and walk out of the locker room and so it just I, I noticed he had just brushed his teeth and i said hey gary you got a little toothpaste in the corner of your mouth and i pointed at the corner of his mouth and oh my god then he he took a swing at me and i think it was sam perkins or it might have been david wingate stopped him mid-swing and then the next thing i know george carl's bear hugging me as if i'm going to go after gary payton and get in a fight, and maybe that's the story. Yeah, <laughs> okay, I'll take it. That's a good one. It's that, a doozy. That, that, yeah, Stephen, you like the it. story? Oh, that was great. Yeah, anytime it's Gary Payton <laughs> swinging on people, I'm down with that. I love it. No, uh, it was, and, and you know, I saw Gary years later, and you know, we worked things out. When he went to the Lakers, I went down there and did a story on him. And so, you know, I mean, we mended fences and everything, but. Yeah, I mean, John, you've had that before, haven't you? Yeah. Where I mean, the athletes get sick of you asking questions, and then you think about the readers and and how you don't want to softball questions all. That. And that was actually a good story, but I never was able to write it. There you go. You should tell him, hey, Gary. Guess what? I think it's a good story. I'm going to write it now. Uh, we're talking to Jim Moore <laughs> in Seattle. All right, before I before I cut you loose, the the Mariners. They're such a good story. Have they captured the city? Or are people swept up into it? Oh, they have. They have. You know what? I've been here a long time. I grew up here, um, and I was 19 uh, years old when they came to town in 77. And this, this reminds me of the 2001 season and the 95 season when they got hot at the end of the year. But 2001, they were hot all year. They won 116 games. They had 40,000 people there on a Tuesday night for the A's this week. Now, part of that was, John, I'm not into this stuff, and I don't know if you are, but part of it was it was Julio Rodriguez Funko Pop night. I, I mean, they look like these little bobbleheads, but they're Funko Pops, and I guess I should know what they are. But they were lined up to go get the Funko Pops. But part, so part of it was that. But they had 30,000 on a Wednesday afternoon to see him against the A's. 
They had 35,000 Monday night against the A's. So the opponent doesn't matter. Everyone's caught up in Mariner fever and being the only team to never make the World Series, this might be the year. And I think it you know, last year was a lot of fun to see him get into the playoffs and rattle around a little bit. This year, I think people are really hoping for something. And uh, Jim Moore, I appreciate you joining us. I love your passion, your authenticity. I hope you get your TV fixed in time for the kickoffs. Okay. Uh, great. Thanks for having me, John. I always appreciate you coming on our show on Tuesdays. Of course. Every time. Jim Moore. There he is. KJR in Seattle. Gary Payton. I think it's a good story, Gary. <laughs> it's not a story. Leave it here. Our big splash is next. You've got the home of the truth. Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. I got into it with uh, Gary Payton once. NBA Finals. Remember when the Dallas Mavericks were uh, playing the uh, Miami Heat in the uh, in the NBA Finals? Um, it was uh, you know it was a big deal for uh, for Gary Payton. He was with the Miami Heat at the time, and um, I went and covered that Finals. And Oregon State, ironically, Oregon State now in a predicament. Oregon State was in a predicament back then. But the 2011 NBA Finals, um, Bob DeCarolis, who was the athletic director at Oregon State, had asked me. I said, He said, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm going to cover the NBA Finals. He said, ask Gary about the donation. And I said, what donation? And he says, well, when we went to build our practice facility, we reached out to Gary. And he said, I'll give you $5 million to put towards the, the practice facility. I'm good for it. And so Oregon State kind of. You know, when you're building a project like that, of course, you get commitments from some people and, you know, there's a bank involved. And, of course, you know, there could be potential financing on your own campus. And, you know, so there's a lot of paperwork. But when it comes to a donation pledge from somebody like Gary Payton, you kind of just take the pledge and then you have one of your fundraisers or somebody who knows his people reach out and kind of facilitate the, the donation that is supposed to happen. Well, I guess Gary never did it. And... Um, Bob DeCarolis told, told me that he ran into Gary Payton at a, uh, at a uh, basketball game, an NBA game. It was a Blazers game. And he said he brought it up to Gary in the tunnel as Gary was passing by him and said hello to him. And Gary kind of said, I'm good for it and ran by. And then never, you know, the check never shows up. So DeCarolis says, could you ask Gary Payton about that donation. And I kind of think, like, I don't know this for a fact, but I kind of think Bob DeCarolis wanted me to ask so it wasn't the school asking one more time. Kind of like with Jim Moore going, Gary, it's I think this is a really good story. And Gary going, that's not a story. Well, I think, you know, Oregon State didn't want to ask him for like a third or fourth time. Like, where's the where's the money, Gary? Like, you know, it was like Matt Damon uh, asking uh, on, on Entourage for where where's Vince? Where's the check? You know, you remember that episode, and you know Vince was had made a pledge to the to the uh, nonprofit organization that Matt Damon was involved in that was going to result in you know a big million dollar check or something that was supposed to come, and Matt Damon got the big standoff. I think it's one of the one of the uh, better episodes, one of the episodes I I, I really remember and enjoy. But um, you know, Matt Damon was all kinds of fired up about it on the show, but. In real life, this stuff happens because Gary Payton hadn't made good on his donation. And so in the end, 
what was uh, supposed to be happening was Peyton was supposed to write this check. So I get over to the NBA Finals, and it's an off day. I wouldn't dare do it like on a on a regular day. And uh, I tell the Miami Heat PR person, I said, I need to talk to Gary one-on-one. Can I get him one-on-one? And they were really reluctant to do it. They're asking me a lot of questions, like, what do you want to talk to him about? And I said, well, I'm from Oregon, and it's you know I'm just going to ask him a couple of questions that you're not going to want me to be asking him on the podium, like when he gets up uh, for the news conference. You don't, you know, he, he's not going to be one to ask, like, Gary, why haven't you given money to, to uh, Oregon State? And, uh, you know, it, and so they finally did provide Gary Payton. And I remember the, never forget the exchange. I just, we, we made some small talk, and then I said, hey, by the way, whatever happened with that donation that you were supposed to give to Oregon State? And he says, oh, I'm good for it. And I said, but did you make the donation? He said, I told you I'm good for it. And he started to get all fired up about it. And then for a minute there, I was hoping we could get Matt Damon to, to ask for the check. Vince, this is Matt Damon. Listen, I just had a really disturbing phone call with the foundation. It's been a week. I'm in Haiti at the moment. I understand your check has not come. It has not come, Vince. Don't you f- push me, Vince. Don't push me. Send the check. You do what's right, Vince. You gave me your word. You gave LeBron your word. Let me tell you something, man. I, I, I never even thought you were a f- good actor. I thought you were terrible. Every, everything I, Aquaman of Queens Boulevard, they stink. They f- stink. I can't even believe that you have money to give to a foundation, but the fact is that you do, and you gave me your word that you would. So give me the f- suck, Vince. I can't believe I have a f- Academy Award, and I'm calling you back again and again and again, you f- I mean, so you don't want to do that. (laughs) But Peyton got, you know, got mad about it. He didn't threaten to punch me. I didn't have to be separated, but he was irritated, and he did not want me to be asking him about where's the check. Now, I think he eventually did make good on the donation. I did not get a finder's fee on that. I don't know how they got it from him, but I asked years later, did Gary Peyton ever contribute? And they said, oh, yeah, yeah, Gary, Gary made good on it. So he did make good on it. Which is, uh, which is terrific. It brings us to our big splash. What is the one thing you need to know today? This is the one thing you absolutely need to know today. Look, look, look at it. Where? Down there. The big splash. Well, the big news, of course, the ACC made it official. Invited SMU, Stanford, and Cal to be members. Effective July 1st, 2024. Stuart Mandel of The Athletic reporting that the revenue distribution for Stanford and Cal will be a 30% share of the media distributions in the first seven years. Then they go to 70% year eight, 75% year nine, up to 100% in year 10 and beyond. Uh, They will get full shares of the ACC network, the NCAA tournament units, and the college football playoff payouts. Uh, As for the Mustangs, they will forego TV revenue for nine years. Um, the money that is being withheld from Stanford and Cal is expected to create a pot of revenue between 50 and $60 million. Some of the revenue will be divided up proportionally among the 14 full-time members in Notre Dame. Another portion is going to go into a pool designated for a success initiative that rewards the programs that win. Now, the school that flipped was North Carolina State. Flipped from a no to a yes. Clemson, Florida State, and North Carolina all maintain their no votes. Uh, ACC Commissioner Jim Phillips said it best, quote, you either get busy or get left behind, end quote. 
There it is. Coming up. All right, we got great guests ahead here. We're going to talk to Angie Machado, who is uh, covers Oregon State Athletics. She'll be joining us on the other side of the break. John Wilner, we'll do, we're going to go through our picks for the weekend. We'll talk about the Utah game, what we learned from it, what we expect from Oregon, Oregon State. Is there an upset lurking somewhere in the Pac-12? We'll talk about it with John Wilner coming up at 424. Steven's got the 5 at 5. we got Punch It Audio still ahead as well. A lot to talk about in this Friday, and I, again, I am live. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald hey, sorry Truth. to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.